Good evening. My name is Anthony Stander and I pastor a church called Living Waters Community Fellowship in Tableview in Cape Town. I'd like to share with you a message tonight called A New Creation. And I trust that the Lord will bless you and touch your hearts when you listen to this uh, sermon. Let's ask the Lord's blessing on, on the meeting. Lord, I just come before you in the name of Jesus. I pray, Lord, that you touch everybody that hears this message, Lord, that you would reinvigorate your Christians, Lord, that you'd set a fire that cannot be put out in the hearts of people that hear, Lord. Give us understanding hearts of your word, Lord, and help us to be followers of you in a, in a world gone mad, Lord. In Jesus' name we ask this. Amen. Our opening scriptures, 2 Corinthians 5, 17 and 18. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. Now all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ, and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. When we surrender our lives to Christ, we are born again and given a brand new start with God and on this earth. And that is who we are, a new creation. And now we have the power and we live by the power of God's Spirit. And God's Spirit helps reconcile man to God through Jesus Christ. You and I have the wonderful privilege to make a positive difference in the world. A life is only effective when it touches the life of another. We can and must make an eternal difference. What does a Christian look like? Jesus calls us to be light. Matthew 5, 14-16 You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket but on a lampstand and it gives light to all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. And that's the light that we shine, the light of life, of Christ. We take the light we receive from Christ and shine it into a dark world. John 8 verse 12 Then Jesus spoke to them again, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. A client who of mine who is a new ager called me a light bearer the other day. <laughs> you know, he has a new age religion, but they know that we are Christians and that we are carrying the light of God. The whole world lies in the darkness of sin, violence, wickedness, lies, slavery, and sexual sin. But when we are born again, we become a small light in the darkness. And as we grow in Christ, our light grows to become a raging fire and a beacon to the lost of this world. Lights are for guidance. They guide us at night so we can find our way. Lights are for warning, a lighthouse, and shows rocks for ships in dangerous seas, and warns ships don't come near the rocks or you will sink. We too warn people that if they continue on their journey, they will be sunk or destroyed. Lights have a cheering influence. They comfort us, especially when the darkness of our lives seems to overwhelm us. There's no such thing as darkness. It's just the absence of light. There was a medieval lord who built a church for his peasants, but he made no windows in the church. But above every seat he placed a holder for a torch. If you were not at church, your seat was dark. It is the same today. 
You may be no one in your own eyes, but when you come to church, you bring a light, and your light will be a comfort to somebody there. We are a letter. What? 2 Corinthians 3.3 3. Clearly you are an epistle or a letter of Christ, ministered by us, written not with ink but by the Spirit of the living God, not on the tablet of stone but on tablets of flesh, that is, on the heart. Our lies tell a story. Before you were saved, it was not a very good story, and it might have become much worse. Since you were saved, your life has begun to tell a very different story. This difference is called your testimony. It is the amount of change that has taken place in you since you were born again. Paul says that our lives are like love letters written by Jesus to a dying world. A living letter, letting the world know what can happen when someone gives their heart to him. We become walking sermons in the hands of feet of Christ to everyone we meet. People should get a glimpse of Jesus Christ through our examples. We are also ambassadors. Definition A diplomatic official of the highest rank, sent by one country to another as its resident representative, and as such has the full weight of that country behind him. I remember thinking about it and thinking about the policeman who who stands in the middle of the road, the the cop stands in the middle of the road and he stops an Oshkosh truck. He just puts up his hand and that truck stops. And the truck isn't scared of the little man standing in front of him. He's scared of the power that the uniform uh, holds and that the power behind that uniform. So the truck, the Oshkosh truck, stops. 2 Corinthians 5.20 says, Now then we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God were pleading through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. We are ambassadors of the greatest kingdom of the universe, of the greatest army, all the resources and the greatest power. And all things are possible here in this kingdom. And you and I, we are who are nothing, are ambassadors of this kingdom. We represent Christ unto this world. And we have the armies of God behind us. And so we can pray for people. We can ask God to do mighty things for the Lord here on this earth. Daniel gave, Daniel gave an interpretation of a dream. King Nebuchadnezzar to, to King Nebuchadnezzar. And he said this about the kingdom of God. Daniel 2.44 And in the days of these kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed, and the kingdom shall not be left to other people. It shall break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms, and it shall stand forever. Verse 45 Inasmuch as you saw that the stone with cut out the mountain with hands, and it broke in pieces, and in brackets, that's the statue which represented the kingdoms of this world, the iron, the bronze, the clay, the silver, and the gold. The great God has made known to the king what will come to pass after this. The dream is certain, and its interpretation is sure. Most of us, most of us were nothing or are nothing in this world. But when we become born again, we are joined to the greatest kingdom of the universe, the kingdom of God. This kingdom is the greatest kingdom and and God allows us to be representatives or ambassadors of this great kingdom. We have all the power of God behind us to fulfill his will and to do his will here on the earth and to carry his banner across this world and to set on fire around us people's hearts and lives, that the fire of God may burn in great revival across this earth. 
You may never have been a prince or a king or have royalty in your family line, but now you are royalty, God's people representing his kingdom to the world. We are also perfume. Now thanks be to God, 2 Corinthians 2, 14 and 15 says, Now thanks be to God, who always leads in triumph in Christ, and through us diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge in every place. For we are to God the fragrance of Christ amongst those who are being saved and to those who are perishing. You know those Christians who walk around as if they've just swallowed lemon juice. (laughs) They're not a fragrance, they're not a good fragrance or perfume. Or those that walk around like they've had a bad smell under their nose. Are we a sweet fragrance spreading Christ's aroma or stench? Do we make a difference when we walk into a room? We're ambassadors of Christ. We're the light of the world and we're the fragrance of God. We bring a sweet fragrance of of deliverance and of power in every room, in every school, in every workplace that we go. One of the church fathers, Bernard of Claveau, speaks of a perfume compound of the remembered benefits of God. Such a fragrance is easily obtained by spending a season in praise for the things God has already done. Not just by saying thank you, but by expressing a life of gratitude. Every born-again Christian, he said, should be giving off a pleasing odor. Roses in the Balkan Mountains produce some of the world's finest perfume. In order to get the best fragrance, the workers must pick them in the darkest part of the night. They start right after midnight and finish within two hours. Scientific study has shown that this is the interval where the blossoms give their most pleasing scent and that with the coming of the day they lose 40% of their fragrance. Dark nights are necessary for our greatest fragrance to appear. So don't fear the harder times that we're going through. God is in control of our life. He knows where we are. He knows where we're going. He's got his hand on you. God's not scared. He's not worried about where you and I find ourselves. Walk through it. It's for our good. We'll come out okay on the other end. Trust God. Keep your eyes on him. You'll be okay through the dark times of your life. We, Every older Christian will tell you, we always come out of the valleys And when we come out, it was like we never went in before. So be encouraged by that. We are also salt. Matthew 5.30 You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. According to the Encyclopedia Britannica, there are more than 14,000 uses for salt. To soothe a bee sting to kill poison ivy, test for rotten eggs. You can clean up a dropped egg with it. Who knew that? If you accidentally drop an egg on the floor, sprinkle some salt on the mess and wait 20 minutes. The most well-known uses of salt are for flavor, for preserving, for an antiseptic, like a mouth ulcer or to gargle in salt. In some places, salt is even used to melt snow. In 2 Chronicles 13 verse 5, reference is made to a covenant of salt. This denotes a ceremony or ritual that ratified a treaty or an agreement. So salt symbolized faith and loyalty. And in some cultures, salt was used as a currency. Salt is basic, yet it is essential. Without it, food is bland and tasteless. 
Jesus calls us to be influencers in the way that salt influences a meal, not overpowering, but powerfully effective. The bottom line is we need salt to bring flavor to the lives of people who are so tired of leading bland, tasteless lives, to bring healing to their hurts, to remove the bitter and sad experiences that they've been through. Are you and I an effect of salts, or have we lost our flavor? Gandhi once said, I like your Christ, but I don't like your Christians because they're so unlike their Christ. So let's be salts. We should be excellent, truthful, fearless, bearers of good news. Excellence because we now live for God. We should strive for excellence in all we do because our purpose in life is to bring glory to God. Colossians 3, 23-24 says, And whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance, for you serve the Lord Christ. We know God by His works. I went to a seminar many years ago in Cape Town where they had gathered some of the best Christian speakers in the world, advisors to presidents, top lawyers, great businessmen and champions of Christ. One of those lecturers spoke on work. And one of the things he said stuck with me. He said, we know God by his work. We look at the great mountains, the stars, the sea, the millions of species of insects and all the different animals. And we know who God is through his work. We are astounded by what he has made. The power of the ocean, the majesty of the mountains, winds and storms and the beautiful animals and the universe, the stars everywhere. So we know God by his work, the speaker said, and we know who you are by your work. Your work defines who you are and shows us what kind of person you are. By your honesty, excellence and faithfulness. By these things we witness to a broken world. When we look at creation, it enables us to understand that the Creator does everything with excellence. We are to walk in His footsteps, to be followers of God in Ephesians 5. It says, be followers of God as dear children. And we are to follow the Lord and to take His example into this world. If we excel in everything we do, it will testify our witness of the excellent God we serve. We think of men like Daniel. Can you imagine how busy Daniel was? He was number two to the greatest kingdom that ruled the earth, Babylon. People from all over the world would want to come and see him. Envoys constantly coming in. He was very busy, but he was excellent. And he prayed three times a day that all the world knew it, that we even know that still today. He found time to seek God. And let's ever say that we are too busy to, to, to pray, too busy to read our Bibles. If Daniel could do it, and if Joseph, who was also second in command to Egypt, could do it, we can do it. So we are to glorify God through our work and be excellent in absolutely everything we do. We, we work for God, not for men. You're not doing it for your employer. You're doing it for God. And when God sees how excellent you do your work, God will promote you. For promotion does not come from the east or the west. It comes from God. And if someone's stopping your promotion, God will remove that person that you may be promoted. Excellence, be excellent and be proud of the work that we do as unto the Lord. We are to be truthful. 
Always being truthful is not an option for Christians because the very nature of Jesus Christ is truth. John 14 verse 6, I, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He is the absolute truth. And to be his witnesses, we must be people of truth. This means we must speak the truth in love. Be real and honest. What you see is what you get. Stand up for the truth. Always side with the truth no matter what the consequences. Take a stand. Take a stand when everybody's going against the things of God and being evil. Take a stand for truth. Always. Correctly represent the truth of God's word. We must not just talk the walk, but we have to walk the talk. When a Christian lies, it confuses their testimony and glorifies the devil. And God hates lies. John 8.44 Jesus said to the Pharisees, You are of the father the devil and the desires of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks it from his own resources, for he is a liar and the father of it. When we speak truth, we identify with him who is the truth. When we tell a lie, we identify with him who is the father of all lies. If you continue to tell lies, you made the devil his stepfather. Truthfulness also means to be honest in all things. Revelations written to the churches, the New Testament churches, in 21 verse 7 says, He who overcomes shall inherit all things, and I'll be his God, and he shall be my son. Verse 8, But the cowardly, unbelieving, abominable, murderers, sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. We are also warned in Proverbs 6.16, These six things the Lord hates, yes, seven are an abomination to him. A proud look, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked plans, feet that are swift in running to evil. And listen to this one, a false witness who speaks lies, a believer who tells lies, and one who sows discord amongst the brethren. You know, none of us want to be part of something where it's the word of God says God hates it. Several years ago, a preacher from out of state accepted a call to a church in Houston, Texas. Some weeks after he arrived, he had the occasion to ride the bus from his home to the downtown area. When he sat down, he discovered that the driver had accidentally given him a quarter too much change. As he considered what to do, he thought to himself, You better give the quarter back. It would be wrong to keep it. Then he thought, Oh, forget it. It's only a quarter. Who would worry about this little amount? Anyway, the bus company gets way too much fare. They'll never miss it. He thought to himself, accept it as a gift from God and keep quiet. When he stopped, came, he paused momentarily at the door. Then he handed the quarter to the driver and said, here, you gave me too much change. The driver with a smile replied, aren't you the new preacher in town? I've been thinking a lot lately about somewhere to worship. I just wanted to see what you would do if I gave you too much change. I'll see you at church on Sunday. When the preacher stepped off the bus, he literally grabbed the nearest light pole, held on and said, Oh God, I almost sold your son for a quarter. We as Christians are to be fearless. People everywhere live in the fear of the future, of crime, of sickness, death, of certain animals and what people think of them. 
and the list goes on. And although we don't know what the future holds, we know who holds the future. Therefore, we should have no fear about it. General Patton said that courage is fear holding on a bit longer. 2 Timothy 1.7 says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and of a sound mind. The Greek word for the above word fear is delia, which means timidity, being fearful of what others may think of us. Fear of rejection. Luke 21.26 says, speaking about these days, I'm sure, men's hearts failing them from fear and the expectation of those things which are coming on the earth, for the powers of the heaven will be shaken. The Greek word for the above word fear is phobos, which means fear of things, where we get phobia from. The thing that deals with fear is the love of God. This agape love overrules our fear as our relationship with God deepens. 1 John 4 verse 18 There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. As good witnesses, we need to take refuge in our relationship with God and live confidently in the assurance that God is our strong tower. God says in Isaiah 41 verse 10, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. And Jesus said in John 16.33, These things I have spoken to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. What's been on my WhatsApp message status for a long time is the saying, Fear God, fear the word, fear nothing. We are to be bearers of good news. We've been given the awesome responsibility to bring the good news of salvation to a dying world and that there's an answer to their questions and fears and that there's a way out. And it's incredible that God would use us. John 3, 16-17 For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world but that the world through him might be saved. We are in the reconciliation business. Our opening scripture in 2 Corinthians 5.18 says it, Now all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and given us the ministry of reconciliation. We should tell the world, Do you know that you can be reconciled to God through Jesus Christ? Francis of Assisi said, Be prepared to preach the gospel at all times and, if necessary, use words. We are not all gifted to be an evangelist, but we are all required to do the work of an evangelist. In other words, we should all be witnesses in some way or other. The Irish evangelist Gypsy Smith once said, There are five gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and the Christian, and some people will never read the first four. What is true religion in God's eyes? James 1.27 Pure and undefiled religion before God and the Father is this, to visit orphans, and the old King James is fatherless, and widows in their trouble, and to keep oneself unspotted from the world. What is our duty? Ecclesiastes 12.13 Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep His commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. 
So go be a love letter, a good ambassador, lovely perfume, tangy salt, a bright light, a clean mirror. Go and be excellent, truthful, fearless, bearers of good news, a Christian who glorifies God in everything we do and win the lost at any cost. Go be a powerful Christian. Change your world around you in Jesus' name. Don't sit back and do nothing. We have incredible power. We have the power of the Lord to be able to do His will here on the earth. Amen. May the Lord really help you with this. Far too long we, we sit in our church pews and we do nothing. But you are an ambassador for Christ. You know what fanfare an ambassador comes into a nation. He comes and he stands before the king with the trumpeters blow. And he's uh, incredibly well received. You are an ambassador. You and I for Christ, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Be an excellent ambassador. It, be an ambassador through your work that you do at work. Do so well that others are absolutely stunned by it. Do excellently, even if you're not at work, at school, wherever you go. Be such an excellent person that people say, what kind of person are you? And we can say to them, we are ambassadors for Christ. We are king's kids. We belong to our Lord Jesus Christ. And so can you, in Jesus' name. Let me pray for you guys. Father God, Lord, we come before you in the name of Jesus, Lord. I ask you, raise up a sleeping church, Lord. I ask you, raise up people who, who feel that they are nothing in this world, that you will show them the power of your word, Lord, and what they are able to be in this world, and let them become, make a huge difference, Lord, in Jesus' name. I ask you, set on fire the church of Christ across this nation, Lord, and set our hearts on fire that we will not stop until we win the lost and change our circuit, drive the enemy out of the battlefields around us, Lord, and out of our cities and out of our suburbs, Lord, and out of our schools, in Jesus' name. Raise up champions, Lord, in your name, Lord. Let all the world know that the ambassadors of our Lord Jesus Christ are here on this earth. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you guys. See you soon. And uh, trust you're going to have a good week coming. In Jesus' name, amen.